Hello, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Malcolm Cano, and welcome to another episode of Pixel Hunt. Uh, joining me tonight in the studio uh, is longtime show co-host, Michael Carl. Hello. And uh, newly minted, uh, well, I don't know. You're, yeah, you're pretty much on the show now. Tri-host. Yeah, tri-host. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Durr. Welcome back, Tyler. For now. Glad yeah. to be back. Thank Special you. guest turned... I mean, at this point, you, we've punched the punch card at least two to three times. And once you do ten, you're just an official... Yeah, you're just an official co-host. I'll get there eventually. We have a rewards program that's pretty rewarding. Oh, really? Yeah. You get nothing. Absolutely nothing. You won't even buy me a burrito? No. Sometimes I'll let you sit in, in that seat. Sometimes you, you get to pick a different mic if you want. Uh, but that's it. That's all you get. You don't get anything more than that. Get to move up to the, the special chair. That's right, the special chair. <laughs> it's right over there, the edge of the studio, nice. near the window. That's the chair that, that Mike first had when he came on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell stories about that chair. Um, but uh, for those of you just joining us who have not heard the show, this is Pixel Hunt, a show about video game news, controversies, critiques, what have you. Uh, and we're going to start everything as we normally do by stating some of the new and upcoming games. So we got Assassin's Creed Odyssey coming out October 5th on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I'm excited. It looks really good. Specifically because uh, Ubisoft has taken an additional year uh, to create this specific Assassin's Creed instead of their old model of one Assassin's Creed game per year. <laughs> um, and they've also made more of a shift to hard RPG mechanics. Like there are now it's like damage values and different weapon types and like there are there are health values and your enemies level up and you level up uh, and it's 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 more modular. Um, it, it, you see a lot of things that they it seems like they co-opted a lot of stuff from The Witcher and The Witcher series specifically with how gear works, which like again it's a welcome change and I'm I'm glad to see Ubisoft trying something new. Honestly, I still feel like the last one just came out. Didn't it? <laughs> Didn't Origins Odyssey? come out last year? In Origins, Odyssey? Uh, no, Origins. Uh, Odyssey's the new one. Yeah, Origins okay. came out, I think, two years ago. It was two years ago. I, I'd have to look it up, but oh, I believe man. so. I think they're cutting it real close. Yeah, I. That's the <laughs> thing is like when you're when you're a studio like uh, like Ubisoft and you you start setting a precedent of making a game once every year. Um, yeah, it can be a little hard to to slow down, uh, but they had to because those games were slowly but surely devolving Falling into part yeah becoming nothing uh yes. i'm reminded of assassin's creed unity and how uh, on release yeah. there was a glitch where like the characters like skin would not show up on their face but their eyes and mouth would uh, and it was terrifying it was so awful um so just you know things to be aware of sounds like the normal kind of nightmares i have yeah that seems about right um we also have super mario party coming out on the switch on october 5th we have uh, WWE 2K19 coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 9th. And we also have The Occupation coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 9th as well. Uh, and Mark of the Ninja Remastered uh, coming out PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on October 9th. Um, I'm interested, I don't know, the, two, the 2K games are really starting to just... I think we, we've covered, like, we covered 2K FIFA, we covered 2K Basketball, and we cover, and now we're covering 2K WWE. Doesn't so, stop. It don't ever stop. The Can't 2K stop train us. never stops. Uh, yeah. 
and they use their with their new sweat rendering technology we can see like new <laughs> unparalleled uh types of of entertainment sports entertainment especially in wrestling that's right you can actually see the beads of sweat from one person mix yeah with the other person's it does like a close-up on a single bead of sweat as it clashes in midair and fights the other bead of sweat (laughs) the other bead of sweat that's right and that's the cover for this one and yeah it's just two beads of sweat yeah if the if the nba 2k game was a guy was a, a zoom in of an npc of a random audience member rendered with pit stains or like sweat on the on the audience member this is uh wrestler sweat fighting oh dude you're really selling me yeah 2k it's all like really the their slogan should be like we ran out of things to render we we can only render so much they got to that point of (laughs) self-awareness yes i would go to their very cover i would i would buy it i yeah just out of sheer respect yes how ridiculous (laughs) that is absolutely um so we do have a there's a couple of things i wanted to talk about but one uh is a follow-up from talking about telltale last week uh and telltale's reportedly searching for a partner to finish the walking dead by hiring its former developers so oh we talked <laughs> we talked before about uh, Telltale Studios, uh, a game studio that was known for creating narrative-focused games like The Walking Dead, Tales from the Borderlands, uh, that followed a choose-your-own-adventure style, and recently, uh, surprisingly, uh, announced that they were going out of business, declared bankruptcy after they failed to secure some funding from Lionsgate. There we go. Yes. Lionsgate. Um, and a couple of other large media uh, companies. And so as a result, they surprise laid off over 200 workers, keeping a skeleton crew on to finish their uh, obligations, including Minecraft story mode. Oh, don't. Woo! No, Tyler, please. Don't don't be. This is not a happy thing. On the hype train. Yeah, on the hype train <laughs> for that. Man, it's just a that garbage fire of a game. Again, sorry if you enjoy the game, but it's... I dislike it. It's not a fun time. I don't think it's really good. But uh, they recently we've seen Telltale attempting to pick up the pieces of what was initially a fractured series. The Walking Dead games. Their first real foray into adventure games that hit it off, put them on the map, and made them wildly successful is uh, was tragically, when we last left it, hanging in the middle of the show. It, they, had, they had done episode one and episode two of their final season for Walking Dead. But because the studio closed down, the episode three and episode four and episode five were put into question. And we really weren't sure what was going to happen or whether or not they would even finish the series at all. It looks like Telltale is attempting to uh, to finish it, but the... Uh, It said it was looking for multiple potential partners to finish The Walking Dead's final season, a decision that was met with criticism given its implication that the studio was more focused on finishing its uh, effectively canceled game than paying its employees severance. Um, So it it would seem that Telltale is trying very hard to pick up the broken pieces of what was their franchise, their um, flag, what do you call it, flagship franchise? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're corn, they're cornerstone, yeah. uh, and it's, but they're doing so in a way that is almost hilariously ironic because, you know, it's it's funny that they are, that they have to hire devs that they fired because they didn't have enough money to finish a series, so now they're rehiring devs to finish 
the series. I, I guess what I don't understand is are they are they rehiring the people that they laid off or are they reaching out to other companies? So it says rather than simply hand off the IP to be made by another studio, Telltale's reportedly trying to see if it's laid off employees hired on a contract basis by a partner where they would then finish the game. The prospective partner, not Telltale, would be signing the paychecks. Oh my god. Yes. So they they're, they're, they're trying to rehire their employees yes. through a partner. Yes. Yeah, we are. It's so it's, backpedaling on something they just committed to. Precisely, in order to like two weeks later. Yes, attempting to salvage. Oh. Like again, it's almost like the secondary explosions are going off now. This is ridiculous. It's like uh, it's like Titanic, where it's like, oh man, it's looking pretty bad. Oh no, the ship's now breaking in two, and like it's it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, it's like a. Again, it's like a disaster that's just been slowly... The slowest disaster I've ever seen as it unfolds and more and more uh, fallout is had. It's it's really awful. It's yeah. almost impressive. It is almost it impressive. Is impressive. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to come back. Why would they go to such an unstable company? Yeah. Like, they don't even know if they're going to get paid and they could get laid off again. So, <laughs> they will get laid <laughs> off yeah, again. Man. So th- there is there is no incentive to return. I yeah I I find this this is egregious uh, because the employees the former employees at Telltale that were laid off are currently filing a class action lawsuit because they're like, not getting their severance because they're not right? getting because they weren't given severance and now Telltale is attempting to go back in and rehire them. What? Uh, How? With what? What resources? Um. Uh, episode 4 had already seen a round of voice acting recorded, and a playable version was planned to be ready by the end of last month. Um, and so, the, the, it's that weird thing of like, what were they going to do with their unfinished projects? It looks like they're going to try their hardest to finish it, but I think by doing that, they have made a horrible mistake. Because it doesn't exactly give me... It, I don't exactly have confidence in their ability to provide an adequate product when they can't even get their own... They have to beg the workforce that they fired that is currently suing them to come back to work on it. Through a partner. Through a partner. How? Are, I, I am. If they're able to pull this off, I will be amazed and baffled at how they... I. This is like... It's almost... I would have almost wanted them to not... To, to not finish the series this way. At this point, it, it just seems like a lost cause and like what just salvage what you know what dignity the series has left. I mean it was already going downhill, but I, I'm really concerned about this. Because th- like there's it, it almost feels like this game is being pushed out to be pushed out. What what possible motivation could a former developer who was laid off from Telltale have to to come back onto the project and finish it other than a deep felt love for that series. Yeah. Which Telltale has That's shown it reason. does not like doesn't care. Watch uh, that partner just beat uh Telltale with a mask on. <laughs> Surprise Telltale again. Yeah, I would have gotten away with it for you meddling kids. <laughs> who's the real culprit? Oh, it's just Telltale. <laughs> um Precis- also, who's going to want to partner with them? Who exactly? Too. Yeah. It's like who just, wants to partner with a, a a a company that has declared bankruptcy and is currently being sued? Who who wants to to say like you know what I'll support that? Yes, we'll pay your your employees through us. Well, I'm telling you, it's just telltale again. I this is absurd. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I don't so, understand the desperation. I'm trying to figure out like, no. what motivated them. So, all right, let's all right, let's try to try to work through it. What could like I, I think the reason that Telltale is attempting to push through this game is because they are so strapped for cash. They need something to cushion the blow of the bankruptcy and the class action lawsuit and potentially the severance. But this. It won't work because they're still going to have to pay severance at the end of the day. Exactly. Once these people get laid off again. But if... And also they need to pay these employees. Yes. More now for yeah. working so on that. So it's, it's the Hail Maryest of Hail Mary passes in which it's like, maybe if we if it's a real success and everyone's like, oh, it's the last one. And they, you know, they, they even... If they're able to shoot the moon and hit... The hit close to the numbers that they got with their initial release of the, the Walking Dead. Maybe they'll potentially have enough money to think about paying off all of their employees and paying their severance and paying for the clash action lawsuit. I say no, and I, I I agree that I struggle to find a reason for Telltale to even do this. I don't understand it. It's like Telltale entered a relay race, but began with shooting itself in the foot, and then everyone else on their team just ran away because they didn't like that. Right. Or Telltale was... And then, three quarters of the way through, they're like, let's make it a two-legged race. (laughs) Why don't you come... And they tried to tie it to someone who was running next to them, which is the partner, but everybody's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. You shot yourself in the foot. (laughs) And so they're just stumbling their way to the finish line, but of course don't think they're gonna make it it's just so hard to watch yeah it is i mean according to all right so according to telltale themselves they say that the walking dead the final seasons episode three would need very little work to complete the mo the next one it's they're like done. they're like it's almost done we, we a lot mm-hmm. of the groundwork has been laid like, what about their voice actors they that's Are they well, still on i mean <laughs> they've uh well that's another thing the voice actors technically recorded for episode uh episode four of five has uh at least a round of voice recordings on. okay um so not the se- the entire series hasn't even been fully recorded yet so then they still need to pay the yes. most expensive talent that's correct as well. yeah their only okay. talent well uh, besides the the developers of course but the actual the yes. art the performance yes. in the in the piece yeah they still have to pay them so uh yeah uh on the upside i I'm sure they're they're looking for for new voice actors because they probably can't afford some of the more well-known ones. There's no way. That, yeah, no. You're right. They guys. they can't go through with it if they change voice actors. Let's just go to Telltale and do it I for them right now. I, yeah. I, honestly, I hope that's what convinces them when they realize that they can't get or even their even talent back. Even so, this is this would it is a it is again like trying to put wooden planks over a gaping hole in a ship you're already sinking yeah there's nothing you can't fix that throwing it's, water on a grease fire yes yeah it's also a game that i think most of the player base has given up on already i know like, why when did the like, last episode come out uh it was not like recently like in september oh, it was pretty recently yeah the, the last the episode, came, episode yeah the second episode came out in september okay so, so people probably haven't given up hope, hope yet because I think they're still on their normal <laughs> release schedule. Right. I But they said that the longer these negotiations would take, the longer these negotiations would take, the less likely they will be able to finish the series. Which, again, is one of those things where it's like, yes, Telltale, we know. And 
I honestly, I don't think that it, I, I think it's too late. Sun's already uh, set, ship's already sailed. There's no salvaging this. Yeah. So I just thought I would bring that up because uh, we just wanted to provide a little bit of extra coverage on this r- just surreal nonsense uh, in what has essentially become a year for like a ama- like poster the poster year for bad game employers. Just really, really yeah. bad. Yeah, they're they're probably gonna win that award this year. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> and who'd have thought it'd be from Telltale? Well, a lot of people because. Of the toxic workplace environment. Yeah, I would it was, put my it was money coming. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. <laughs> EA EA can still clinch it out if they release Anthem well in, or horribly enough. Wait, Anthem doesn't <laughs> ring a bell. Exactly. <laughs> Egg. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we also have in the news uh, to uh, you know CD Projekt Red, uh, the makers of the wildly famous uh, Witcher Three and Witcher series that was based off of. Uh, a fant- a Polish fantasy novel. Um, well, that author from that fantasy novel is back, and he wants his money. Uh, oh, he finally wants to cash in. Oh, he yes, despite and hating on the games constantly. That's correct. And he not Man just hates video games. Now, get, do you want to guess for so the the writer behind the original Witcher stories? His name is, and I am going to horribly butcher this, but Andrzej Sapkowski. Yeah. Uh, Sapa- Sapakowski. I, I, yeah, I think it's it's like Andrzej Sapkowski um, or yes. something. Yeah, he is, and so like for a long, uh, he technically CD Projekt Red, the Polish company that made The Witcher, bought the rights to his uh, game, or yeah, bought the rights to his characters and to make a game of them. But that's not enough for him. He's come back and stated that he would like uh, sixty million Polish zlots. Uh, or sixteen point one million dollars of additional royalties, um, <laughs> because he says that they ex- uh, because uh, they've made three games from it, and he wants more money because it's a wildly successful series, and he feels that he's owed more. Uh, CG- CD Project Red has responded by denying the request and stating that Mr. Andres Sapowski expects payment beyond what had been contractually agreed. Uh, and according to Mr. to to the writer's uh, lawyer, they may try to take CD Projekt Red to court about this. I wonder what will happen, but it seems like, for the most part, he's already he's already gotten a share of the creation, and his novel has reached an audience that is way farther than it would have gotten. Well, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I remember reading something. I think it might have been that exact article you're talking. Oh well, about. there we go. Um, Please go ahead. If I'm not mistaken, I think when they originally brought the offer up to him, he said that he'd rather take the lump sum now before they even started because he had bet that the game wouldn't even be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I so was going to say. So once again, shot himself in yeah. the foot. <laughs> he's he's walking back on what he said initially was, which was that I want nothing to do yep. with this game. <laughs> No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, they, our sister site, Eurogamer, interviewed him. So this is from GamesIndustry.biz that put up a fantastic article about it. And the author admitted in an interview with Eurogamer last year that he rejected CG Projects Red orig- original royalties proposal. 
So according to him, he said, they offered me a percentage of their profits. I said, no, there will be no profit at all. Give me my money right now. The whole amount. It was stupid. I was stupid enough to leave everything in their hands because I didn't believe in their, in their success. But, I, but who could foresee their success? I couldn't. What a great defense well, from the Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. at least he admitted that it was a mistake. What? What an amazing defense. But, of just like, how could I have known that that game... Did, like, they just wanted to take my work and make it into a game. I didn't expect them to do well. And therefore, I want my money because they're doing well. Yeah. I That's great, don't man. understand. That was Especially his... He did call himself out a little bit there. He's like, yeah, that was a mistake. It was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. That being said... I want to change it. Give me that now money. Give me all the money. <laughs> but you can't do that. He's already worked it. Yeah, I am. I, I fully side with uh, Assa- with Assassin's Creed. No, I fully side with CD Projekt Red on this one because they had already contractually. Uh, they've already given him the money that he requested. Um, and I don't know. It, it's. It's ridiculous. The the studio only secured copyright for the first game in the series, according to his lawyer. Um, yeah, but two and three branch off from the books. They have nothing to do with it. Exactly. The but, original stories. But according to uh, yeah, and, and so this is one of the one of the legal arguments of how much does an author have in when it comes to the stake of their own intellectual property when it comes to video games. So if I wrote a novel that got made into a video game, how much do you think the author should have? with regards to control over that series. Well, I mean, you work that out when that studio buys the IP, which exactly. they did, and now he's backpedaling on here's, it. So here's a question. What happens if a studio creates uh, or does something with my IP that I don't want them to do? Can I step in then? Or if I've worked out a royalty system, can I say like, hey, as, as, as the author of this series, I do, I'm going to revoke my right, your right to use my property if you put this type of content in it and again this is so like we're let's forego for a moment the idea that you know you took the lump sum instead you you took the royalty system in which you're given an ongoing amount uh based on the game success do you think uh authorial intent has any business being in part of the game design or do you think it's the studios one and all i think ultimately that that kind of stuff would be decided within the contract it would seem so um yeah it probably would be and I, I mean, an IP is a really vague idea, which makes it complicated, I think. But usually it comes down to creative intent and creative transformation on the part of the studio that buys it. It's like adapting a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen King hated the Shining adaptation. That's true. Wished they changed a bunch of things. There's nothing he can do about it, He though. did make his own miniseries yeah. for it. Okay, so that's he, a he, pretty good model for yeah, what... Yeah, so, so if, if that's what the writer of the Witcher series wants to do, he can make his own thing. <laughs> make his own game He won't, game though, because he hates video games. He does hate video games. So he and can it... make a show or whatever he wants to do, but ultimately, when he sold the IP, you have to do that understanding that that gives creative control for that property to the person who buys it. Nice. Now, would you... Would you? I I don't know. I still think that there are some instances in which creative control, at least in... You should maybe con, con, uh, consult the author. Um, this isn't about creative control, but I did want to ask specifically about creative control. Um, well, that's... Again, I think it's on him. Because yeah, if it, you want to have creative control on the project, then you need to agree to work on it. But he was relatively close-minded in saying... No, it's not going to be successful. I don't like video games, 
and I want nothing to do with this. Again, this is what he said from the beginning. Therefore, you revoke your entire right to have creative control because you just disparaged the entire industry. Yeah, fair enough. And that's (laughs) it. We don't... Oh, well, (laughs) goodbye. Um, That's what happens. Who knows how this is going to play out in Polish courts. I know. Yeah, I don't know how Polish courts going to handle this one. Yeah. God only knows. Um, Or the Polish. You could be... Uh, you could be like George R. R. Martin and and work with yeah work closely. HBO and like help write the scripts and be on set all the time. That actually be really cool if the because I assume writer, like, when yeah. he sold the intellectual property, he's like yeah okay I don't I care you. and it's it's fine to want to defend your art. That's okay if you you know end up selling something and don't want it to be changed. Then you should make sure you say that and make sure you work with them on it. Or if that's not okay, if you don't want to work with them at all, then don't sell the IP. Yeah, that seems fair. Or again, I I just have issue with him being like, yeah, I don't believe in video games. So why did you sell them the, the, the rights? Money. Yeah. Cause he wanted (laughs) money. (laughs) Yes. And then it turned out to be far more successful and he realized he could have made a lot more money. Yeah. And now he's regretting it because he could have made a lot of money. It almost seems similar to what happened with uh, people who failed to get on the ground floor of, of like Apple. Just being like, no, nobody's going to buy this. Sell all my stocks for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, Oh no. Yeah. Um, But it's around 830. And you guys know what that means. We got to take a quick break. And we got to talk about something that's really important, guys. The weather. All right. So in Iowa City right now, at this very moment in time, at this instance, at 8.35 p.m. Central Standard Time, it's 83 degrees Fahrenheit. But guys, let me ask you, what does it feel like outside? 80. 80? Mike? 83. It's 82 for the real feel. Oh. You guys, oh, yeah. Price is right rules? Price is right rules. Oh, so I lose. Yeah. Wait, no. No, 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 no. We don't do price is right. You, <laughs> okay, you yeah. win. We do closest. I was over. So just the closest. Yeah, we do closest. Okay. Congratulations, Mike. It was close today. Not bad, guys. Not bad. It seems like you guys, you got your hands on the pulse of Iowa City weather pretty oh, you know well. It. And if there's one thing we care about here at Pixel Hunt, it's the weather. Um, the real feel. The real feel. What it actually is. Uh, and by the way, for those of you joining us, thank you. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And if you like what you heard, you can find our stuff over on SoundCloud. I've been pretty good about putting those up uh, and finding. And you can at least listen to these episodes in podcast form uh, whenever you'd like. Well, actually, it's not true because we we're, we only get a certain amount of time. And so I got to take one down to put one up. But maybe if we get more traffic, I might just pay, you know, bite the bullet and pay the money and just put all the put all the episodes up. But if you like what you hear, you can hear full episodes on SoundCloud. And if you have any questions about the show or you'd like to directly contact me, you can find me on Twitter at a pixel hunt. Um, yeah, we actually, um, yeah, we're, I, I looked a bit more into the actual podcast network, and we would have to like purchase stock in a hosting service. But that's oh, beyond the point. Awesome. Yeah, it, it's more money, but. Uh, it is something that we're definitely looking into. Uh, so, I also have uh, a little bit of uh, kind of an interesting story that has to do more with uh, the marriage of gaming and financial technology. 
So recently, Ubisoft, Fig, and other companies have formed a collaborative group called the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. Mm-hmm. That yes, uh, that specifically aims uh, that specifically aims to democratize blockchain within the gaming industry and look at potential game uh, avenues for blockchain technology or for be able to interact with and use the blockchain. Now, what is the blockchain? I, do you guys know or i have no idea all right yeah, that's so something to I do don't. with cryptocurrency that's correct so uh for bitcoin a blockchain is basically a large set uh, of numbers that once your computer does enough computations it is rewarded with either a portion or a full uh bitcoin or piece of cryptocurrency and this ensures that it basically, as the, the number of Bitcoins and or cryptocurrencies go, goes up, it becomes harder or the computations become more and more complex. So as a result, blockchain technology allows for a s- cryptocurrency to rise at a kind of parabolic rate. So it doesn't ever suffer from too much inflation. The only problem is that it's a fully, like... Nobody owns the central means of production. It is just like it's just a currency. Yeah, like, communism. De- decentralized. Yeah. It's a completely decentralized currency. So as a result, the price can fluctuate wildly based on speculation. But uh, it is it is people have put together what are called mining rigs in which they get a bunch of computers together with a, a high computational power and they make their computer processors do a bunch of calculations in order to mine Bitcoin or mine cryptocurrency. And so what's interesting about this is that uh, these, uh, these companies are working together to form something in which uh, it, the idea was to create an open forum for discussing and collaboration on ways blockchain can be integrated into gaming, including development of standards and best practices. So it is, it's, a, it's an interesting mix of business and gaming. Uh, and, and it potentially, like... It, it is for cryptocurrencies. It is kind of like Wild West days, where you really there aren't that many rules governing it because it is such a new field. Um, and I do wonder what could possibly come about from this. I am a little skeptical because I think that there is there there are some some strange things about gamifying uh, something, game mixing literal money and gamification. Like, and again, like if you were to create a game in which, you know, users could potentially interact with this type of thing or at least understand the blockchain more, I think that'd be fine. I think it would get weird if you played a game that actually netted you actual money. It'd be a little strange. Or or Bitcoin. Right, or Bitcoin. Right, well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Or, yeah, it netted you some kind of cryptocurrency. Yeah. And so it's a little, I don't know, it's slippery. Um, yeah, I agree. Especially since what I find a little bit scary there is that a lot of those transactions, you know, since they're not coming from a centralized network or even physical location, since it's not physical money, uh, there's no way to really monitor and keep it in check. No, there isn't. Which is the, one of the reasons why Bitcoin specifically fluctuated in price uh, wildly. Right, yeah. Which is, that's why people go to it. But putting it in a game is yeah, odd. Yes, it seems odd. <laughs> because, and, yes. 
because that renders the game itself very unstable. Like, what are they going to... So they're going to have people net money from it, or are they well, going to have people make purchases? So it says that the, the Blockchain Game Alliance is advocating for a universal standard in the blockchain gaming space to create a more in oh, inter, yeah, interoperable and transparent ecosystem, which will benefit stakeholders by f- furthering innovation and ensuring economic viability. It's a lot of it's a lot of pretty vague economic buzzwords. Yeah, a lot of buzzwords there. It seems like what they're what they're trying to put together is a system not so much for people to mine Bitcoin, but to share best practices about mining Bitcoin, or perhaps or not necessarily Bitcoin, but cryptocurrencies in general. Uh, Bitcoin is just one of the most popular ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's re- they say that blockchain is redefining the gaming experience by providing transaction transparency and proof of ownership. This is actually another thing about cryptocurrency that a lot of people enjoy, which is that uh, when you it uh, cryptocurrency is incredibly hard to counterfeit uh, because each one is a unique Bitcoin. Um, so it's very hard to make a duplicate because uh, and the cryptocurrency also acts as a registry for its own transactions so you can actually like look through the bitcoin and figure out where it's been moved or transacted um it allows it again it allows for a lot of transparency and it allows for a lot of security but at the cost of uh people's ability to control it uh it it is a very difficult and slippery thing to hold on to um and so i think that i don't know i think this alliance is that's my, one of my other issues is that they use a, it seems like they're just putting in a lot of buzzwords like oh we gotta innovate the blockchain and figure out a way we can gamify it. which economic viability yeah exactly synergy synergy, synergy. um exactly and I, I i'm concerned uh it is interesting and i i wonder what they're going to try to do with this type of uh blockchain of viability but i'm still a little hesitant about what exactly they're going to do i don't know what do you what do you think do you think that i don't know i don't, I don't think it'll be too viable i think that it will while it, it has the potential to provide a lot of interesting insights into mining bitcoin or mining cryptocurrencies it won't necessarily create anything that revolutionary no especially if Given how large of a market and how international a market Bitcoin is, uh, I, I guess it depends what percentage of the population is involved with this community, which I'm guessing is very little. Currently, I yeah. assume it's it's it was just started. It was just started, right? yes. Yeah. So I don't exactly know how they're going to get word out and how many people are going to unite with them in promoting economic viability. Uh, I, I think they need a couple less buzzwords and a few more. <laughs> Too many buzzwords. Actual but ideas. Uh, but I, then again, maybe this is just the the article. Yeah. That you read versus maybe they have a website with a business statement that's true. More definitive. I, I I personally I can't wait for the 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 Black Mirror episode in which yeah, yeah everybody it's a uh, Ready Player One where everybody throws on their VR headsets and goes to mine physical. <laughs> Goes into a, a virtual mine to mine uh, bitcoins in virtual reality, like Minecraft, but for Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. 
no, no, like like the gold rush, yeah. but in VR. <laughs> like, Look Except it it's still the actual gold rush. You have to go to California, but you just put on a VR headset. Right, and as you walk, you're like, "Look gold. at all these bitcoins." <laughs> um, exactly. I can't wait for that. I, it's that other thing of like, we're really. It just seems like they're throwing together modern technology. Or just, like, it's a shotgun approach where it's like, why don't we just try to gamify everything? See what sticks. Uh, and I think we kind of see this with the video game industry where it's like, we saw this with VR, early VR in, when did the Virtual Boy come out? Like in the... 95. In, in the, so, like, yeah, in the 90s where they were like, ooh, what if virtual reality could have so many practical uses? What if you, you know, what if you did this or what if you did that? And what ended up happening was that people... <laughs> The, the the limitations of the technology became very apparent very quickly, and I sure did. I think a similar thing will happen with this. Um, I'm I'm reminded of, and again we bring this up all the time, but the Victor Max, the 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 VR the revolutionary VR headset that was essentially uh, <laughs> giant goggles that had two miniature television screens on the inside of them, and would just show the image to you. Uh, there. Yeah, but it it wasn't in good quality. No, since this was the '90s, so it the screen looked like for any mm. of you out there who are familiar with the Game Gear. Oh, that thing has a terrible screen. It's like that very off white, ridiculously bright, overexposed screen that hurts your eyes if you look at it for too long. Right. That was what this looked like. Just maybe three inches away from your eyes. <laughs> so it was essentially like pressing your face against a Game Gear slash TV. Right. And so you staring, just get a g- look staring at, at a Super Nintendo game <laughs> because that's all you could really plug it into. Right. So really just a, looked wonderful. Yeah, an absolute... Long story short. Uh, absolutely amazing. And this and that was the thing when people were very aspirational about the technology when it came out. They were like, there was going to be so many uses and it was going to transcend how people interacted with everyday life. And it's sort of the echoes of what we've seen with the new Vive and Oculus headgear, where it's people being like, look, now it'll revolutionize the way we see gaming. With Hollow Point, you can imagine an entire battlefield at your fingertips. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, but it's almost impossible to to realistically implement that type of technology. But VR chat. Okay. See, VR <laughs> chat. Okay. We need to take a quick word uh, from a grant spot, but we'll be right back after this in which we, I will address specifically VR chat. Thank you for bringing that up. We'll be right back after this. And we're back. And on the subject of VR chat, that has an interesting application for, for what we've seen. I would postulate that for the next advancement in VR will not come from a AAA developer or what you know what specifically worked for 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 other games in which they created a console and was marketed to a large group of people VR chat presented an incredibly simple idea of just like what if we just let people like mingle and talk to each other and when they did the resulting explosion of that community and the sub-communities upon sub-communities that it created was ridiculous and phenomenal. And I think that that is the way it should go forward. I, I agree with things like this that state that there should be industry leaders kind of stepping forward and showing this technology. But ultimately, I believe that the future will be driven by 
consumer-based uh, interaction. That like really, if you want to want to revolutionize the the blockchain and like make it grow into something that becomes ubiquitous, uh, allow us a group of modders or allow a group of people, a group of users to play around with it, do what do whatever they want. And I think that this is the first step. But I don't think it's until we're gonna hit like blockchain VR chat levels. That's when it's gonna start really becoming. Uh, it's gonna start really getting crazy. But to its credit, VR chat was a an app. It was like the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. It got real crazy on VR chat. I wonder what the blockchain equivalent of Ugandan knuckles will be like. Exactly. Well, uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> um, and that's the other thing, is that I, I believe that there's nothing stronger on the internet than a community. Um, because really, like, that's, yeah, that's what will eventually drive these things. So really, it depends. Um, but the problem is that we, we talked before about an inability to, re- to regulate and control. If they were to actually allow this to happen, you could kiss any hope of control goodbye. It would become a free-for-all no-man's-land of crazy, meme nonsense. Perfect. But amid that crazy nonsense, you might find something truly revolutionary. But it would be hard to find because there'd be a lot of noise. A lot of angry, weird noise. 4chan? Yeah, exactly. Just a lot of angry, (laughs) weird noise. I don't know. It's the same thing that we saw with the modding community for a lot of Bethesda games, too. Uh, a lot of modding communities that were based off of uh, user interaction and a lot of community outreach that kind of spawned these own movements within it that game developers then picked up on and created more polished, commercialized versions of it. So I think if they do want to do something like this, I think that's the way to go about doing it. But again, it could be disastrous. I'm. I don't know. <laughs> if if there was a VR chat blockchain edition, would you guys try it out? Would you take the plunge, jump into that weird dark space? Uh, how expensive are we talking? Exactly. Well, okay, that's a good point. Assuming the barrier for entry for technology and uh, time and space are negligible, you don't have to. It's it's fine. It's all taken care of. You got. $100,000 in a 10 by 10 room that you can set up your bulky VR in. But if that's the case, then why don't I spend my time playing Superman 64? <laughs> in VR. In a VR. <laughs> <laughs> you can throw up in real time. <laughs> that game can give you motion sickness in real time. <laughs> Yeah, if you played that in first they, person, somehow make the controls even worse. They actually, <laughs> you gotta fly through those rings. They, they make it so that, they, exactly. They make the controls even more slippery. Oh. They're not. They're like a. They're like a fridge. Oh really? Handles yeah, yeah real slow and sluggish. Yeah. Oh. I can't imagine what it's like trying to control a fridge. Yeah. Exactly. It's truly incomprehensible. Truly a horrifying, <laughs> uncanny, yeah. incomprehensible. You cannot mess. imagine how bad this game controls. <laughs> also, it's really funny how he flies in that game. Just yeah. like quick, quick side note. Yeah, he when just... you, when you do turn, he he like expands his arms outwards. Right. But once you stop turning, he stops doing that. So it's like a little twitch of his arms, like yeah. twitching out. 
every time he moves. <laughs> and since the game's controls are so bad, you have to lightly tap the stick. So he's just, like, twitching to turn constantly. Right. Twitching through rings. Twitching through rings. Um, absolutely. And it's one of the reasons why I pray to God that game is never transposed into VR. Um, I hope. Just let it die. Let it die, please. Uh, it's it, Well, it's too much of a joke at this point for people to let it die, which is another problem that we have to look forward to if we were to implement a, commu- an, an, a community version of blockchain gaming technology where we'd see just a, an explosion of nonsense and potentially persistent nonsense, which is the worst kind. Anyway, we also have uh, one of our guests has appeared out of nowhere. Look, in the wild, it's a wild Jim. Hello, Jim. Greetings. From Hi. the ether, I come. Yes. Hello. Good also to see you. Also from the Frankenstein presentations, which are pretty awesome, by the way. What are the Frankenstein presentations? Um, so this is the 200th anniversary of the publishing of Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Huh. Whoa. Um, so all there right. are events going on all over town. There was a reading earlier today. It took eight and a half hours, but they out loud, read all the way through Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Wow, absolutely. Awesome. Um, yes, there they, have, is, they have shifts for that? I, yes, they God, did. Thank God. Uh, there is a light show going on right now projected onto the old Capitol building, um, and I have some pictures of it on my phone that I'll show you later, um, that is was Frankenstein and like Halloween and October themed, so there are like, images from the old Frankenstein films hey. um, being projected on the old Capitol building. It's Amazing. Uh, Corey Creekmer is actually giving a presentation at Film Scene at 9 about the um, presentation of Frankenstein in film. Nice. So, you know, if you are bored listening to us, you should go listen to him because Corey Creekmer is amazing. Actually, what you should do, just be 30 minutes late and go then go see it. Please. They are also showing Young Frankenstein on Saturday at Film Scene. Really? Huh. And well, tonight well, well. they're showing uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein starting, I believe, at 10. Good uh, Lord. And going so. until well past the midnight hour, as they say. Yeah. Wow. Check it out for sure. It's awfully spooky. Um, <laughs> pretty spooky. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt the show. No, you're you talking fine. about? We are actually, there's actually something I wanted to run by you. So okay. we talked about this earlier in the show, but I wanted to let you know that, uh, remember what we talked about last week with Telltale? Yes. And how they are... Uh, currently in a horrifying debacle. Well, uh, they're apparently searching for a partner to finish The Walking Dead by hiring the former devs that they surprised laid off. Um, so, to make a long story short, they laid off over 200 employees, stated that they weren't going to be able to finish uh, their series, but then are attempting to contact other partners and get them to help pay their employees so that they can finish The Walking Dead. Which are also suing them currently. Which are also currently suing them. So so they're trying to fix their mistakes. Uh, Not the most eptly, but trying. Yes, trying very hard. I thought you might be interested, just because it's a bit of follow-up from what we talked about last week. But yes, it's a horrifying, like, several-week-long car crash. That just keeps happening. You might call it, in fact, a catastrophe. Yes. Which would, the the tone of my voice would make more sense if you realized that I had just come from a presentation entitled Catastrophic Readings of Frankenstein. Oh, well, there we go. Um, it is a catastrophe. Yes. Um, but right now, we were actually talking about uh, use. So, a bunch of video game developers uh, and 
companies that have to do with blockchain technology. Have you heard of blockchain stuff? I know the words, but I don't know why I know the words. It's cryptocurrency. Um, essentially, the, okay. the, the technology behind uh, creating cryptocurrency and how it's like a big, the blockchain's like a big mathematical uh, uh, problem that as you solve it, you're uh, rewarded with more bitcoins, but the bitcoin, but the math becomes more and more difficult to do as you make more of it. So as a result, like the, the there's a soft cap of the number of a cryptocurrency that can be made and kind of self-regulating. And there's been a bunch of industry leaders that have hopped in on this and have attempted to use this and and marry this with gaming to gamify the creation of blockchain yeah to game yeah to gamify the creation of blockchain uh share best practices and kind of work on it in a forum space which seems interesting but we were to i earlier it was compared to like the difficulty with uh talking about vr and using vr in everyday life and then actually implementing it in the same way that like i'm not sure we really have an, any idea of what that would look like and while the 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 press release that they had had a ton of buzzwords and vague business type like things like oh we want to hold on let me just pull this up for you uh the blockchain uh is advocating for a universal standard in the blockchain gaming space to create a more in interoperable and transparent ecosystem which will benefit stakeholders by furthering innovation and ensuring economic viability you know what that sounds like to me synergy <laughs> world of warcraft gold farming what oh okay please do tell i mean you you have a bunch of players sit down and play the game and generate the currency of of the moment whatever it happens to be in world of warcraft case it's gold in this case it's um blockchain yeah and then you use that blockchain or gold that you have generated as a marketable commodity you sell it wait like for actual money yeah wait that's really? what gold farmers and wow do they generate gold that is then sold to regular players of the game for real money. Wow. Does that break any rules? It So one of the things that Blizzard has done to curb it, because it was initially just illegal, yeah. but there was no way for Blizzard to really regulate that because a lot of the people who were doing it were selling across international borders. And there's no, like Blizzard can't have people arrested in China for farming gold. This is a good um, point, yes. Or, I mean, anywhere else that they do it. China's probably a bad example. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are people who do it here, and Blizzard still can't have them arrested. Right. Um, anyway, in order to curb that practice, one of the things Blizzard has done is implement a system by which you can trade in-game time for um, gold. So you can say, okay, I'm going to use my money to buy a token from Blizzard that is worth a month of game time. And then I will put that up on the in-game auction house, and somebody who's filthy rich in-game and says... I'm just going to pay for the subscription of the game with my character's funds can go to the auction house, buy that token and apply it to their account. And they have 30 more days of game time and you have however much of their gold. Interesting. So that has helped somewhat to reduce the, the gold farming economy. It hasn't been nearly as big a deal in a long time as it was back during the days of like classic. Yeah. But there are a lot of servers being run by third parties that are set to classic on which gold farming is still a huge thing. That's amazing. People will create 
networks of characters on these third-party servers and farm gold and then sell it to the players. And those are the ones that are above board and legitimate. The really nasty ones will offer to sell you gold and then hack your account. Oh, my God. Um, so this, to me, like, cr- gamifying the creation of currency sounds like a hot trap. Okay. We actually... All right. I got to say one thing, but we I have more questions for you. But hello, for you, those of you joining us at the top of the hour, you're listening to KRUI 89.7 FM, Iowa City, Iowa City's former sound alternative. Um, yeah. And... Welcome, if you're just joining us at the top of the hour, to Pixel Hunt, a show about video game news, controversy, and apparently blockchain technology. Um, We were just talking about the gamification of blockchain technology amid the announcement that a group of developers and blockchain companies are getting together and working to create a forum space where they can share best practices for gamifying blockchain technology. But Jim, our resident World of Warcraft expert... Uh, was telling us about... You want to call it expert. I mean, honestly, you are the show's expert on World of Warcraft. That's Uh, fair. um, And so you were were saying, so players are able to to farm gold on World of Warcraft and potentially sell it. So back in the day, before this was even, before this was even regulated, how would it, so you would just like... So if it was a, if it was a legitimate transfer, you would find someone who's saying, I have this much gold... And if you can get me this much money, I will in-game trade you this much gold. Okay. And so they would, it would be usually mailed to you. So you would, you would go to a website, some external website. Mm -hmm. You would enter payment information, which was usually a credit card, which was usually a bad idea. Yeah. Um, And money would be transferred in the real world. And then if you were lucky... Gold would appear in your mailbox. Oh, thank goodness. If you weren't lucky, you would log back in and nothing. And your character would be naked and all of their like all of their valuable items would have been mailed to someone else for auction house sale. And all of your gear would have been either just straight out vendored or disenchanted for materials and those would have been sold. Oh my gosh. Um like and then you get a phone call from your bank that your credit card's been overdrawn. <laughs> like, oh, somebody, somebody purchased uh, $200,000 worth of... A lot of, yeah. these, a lot of these sites, when Why? you went in to say, I want to buy gold, they would ask you for your character name, your account name, your password. Oh my and it was God. A, it was a scam to see how much they could rake you over the coals for. I'm not saying that I think this blockchain idea is a scam to see how much they can rake blockchain right, there's game actual, players like, over the coals There's for. like Ubisoft and like other reputable companies are behind this. Mm. Well, the fact that Ubisoft is behind well, it is also worrying, but for different reasons. Yes. <laughs> um, I Like, the idea that they are creating something that will allow developers to outsource the creation of currency to people who are playing a game worries me because it's another situation where something valuable is being created but the people who are creating it don't necessarily have full control over it um and don't have an easy way to get value to extract the value from it that they might be due by force of having created it in the first place oh my god um i'm i see a huge moral and ethical dilemma here that I don't think that buzzword-laden piece of corporate uh, speak you read out earlier actually 
touches on in well, any sense. That's the other thing is that it is it's it is wild. an early stage press release. It's also so wildly profitable, potentially. Yes. It can make, and if you know there's one thing Ubisoft loves, it's, it's wild profitability. Oh, it's, it's, it's also it's it's future proof. Yeah. Because ultimately we're moving it is in a continually hot, virtual direction yeah. for video games. So having a completely virtual currency is what you want ultimately. But I mean, I'm, if we keep moving into VR <laughs> to the point ready, where we're ready. basically living virtually, yeah. then that that's what oh, we're gonna have. Ready Player One, here so we that's come. That's what they're preparing for. It here we go. Like, like yeah, I'd, I'd welcome it. I'd welcome honestly. it too. Put me in. Put me into the Matrix. Yeah. Sure, I, I don't mind. This life. And then you get out and you're balding and right <laughs> and like <laughs> there's no shape to your body, no hair. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Can't wait for that. You're just sitting in a chair with a needle in your head for... Oh, yeah. Years. Years. (laughs) Years. Just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful future. Um, But if you're lucky, when you wake up, you'll look like Neo. Yeah, you'll look like Neo. Or, and if you're... That's insane to think about. So what if uh, you were paid from a job in cryptocurrency and there was a video game that you played that direct... That, like, every video game just directly used that currency... I mean, it's it's essentially what we do now, where it's like you just hook what up your you credit card. What if you were paid in Steam credit? Ha! Huh, what if you were paid in oh. Steam credit? That would. What if you were paid in gum? <laughs> uh, paid in Steam credit, and you're like, I'll pay, I'll buy a. I'd like to buy this loaf of bread with a a, a bit of Team Fortress Two hats, please. Uh, so you know, I'll sell you a couple of knife skins from Counter Strike. Yeah, I'll sell you a couple of Counter Strike knife skins <laughs> if I can purchase this house. Um, the funny thing is, I I saw an article a while back um, when uh, there was a there was a South American economy that was crashing, and I don't remember which Venezuela's, Venezuela's yes, yes Venezuela. it was Venezuela's economy was crashing. And somebody did a comparison because there we was were, yes. there was a conversion that you could do from World of Warcraft gold to <laughs> Venezuelan, Venezuelan <laughs> currency. <laughs> and World of Warcraft gold was worth something like seven times more for a piece of gold Ooh. than for a single piece of Venezuelan currency Ooh. at that time. I don't know how well That's... Venezuelan currency has recovered, but it was, it, it was <laughs> real bad for a bit there. Well, that's the other thing. It's like if a, if a cryptocurrency becomes ubiquitous enough and every Everybody jumps on board. It stabilizes because everybody uses it. It's like the American dollar. Right. It, it, it's not really tradable for anything. It's not redeemable for right. gold. You can't take it to the world or to the, to the federal reserve. The federal like, reserve give like, me my give gold. Me my gold. <laughs> you can, but everyone has agreed that these things have worth. And you know, if I go to a world of Warcraft player, on my server, who happens to live in London, and say, hey, I am stuck at this place in, you know, if if I was stuck in downtown London, I could go to them and say, look, I am transferring you however many thousand gold in game. Call me a taxi and pay for it because I'm broke and stranded and I need a ride to the airport. That might work. That's really awesome. Imagine that. Um, Huh. But... Again, I would have to like I would want to know that person before right. I just did that. But I mean, that's like that with any kind of currency that right. you use. So, so what if? Oh my god! So like you could just be like, man, I don't have any money, but boy, oh boy, do I have a ton of robux? 
from Roblox. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Let me I, just transfer those to you real quick, taxi driver. Thank you for the ride. <laughs> don't, don't wait for their approval. Just <laughs> start can getting I, it. Can, can I pay you in a Robux, please? Oh, no, no. You don't ask. <laughs> You're like, you let me just <laughs> transfer you these Robux. Uh, <laughs> I... I look, I look forward to the day so, where everyone has to have a World of Warcraft account right. just so that you can make yeah. gold transactions uh, with any person at because, any time. Yeah. Just log into the armory thing from your phone and be like, okay, here's 50 gold. I'm done. Bye. That's I'm, like pay for your dinner with World of Warcraft currency. But it's that crazy thing of like, so it, we might be looking at, yeah, uh, in-game currencies might be one of the first like one of the first peaks into what it would look like for a completely universal digital currency. Where it's like you, yeah, D- World of Warcraft is ubiquitous among like every region that it's in. So like, yeah, potentially if you're in a region, you could potentially use that universal trading ability and just if I just get if I'm things. if I'm somewhere in Korea, I could potentially walk into say a an internet cafe somewhere, sit down transfer the computer settings over to English so I can read what the hell is on my screen. Pardon my French. Um, Hold on a moment. Okay. Sorry. There we go. I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if that was allowed, but that's okay. If I, just for a quick moment, it's just being dumped. Uh, but we're good now. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So if I can read what's on my screen and I sit down in, a, in an internet cafe in, I don't know, Thailand or Korea... I could potentially find someone sitting next to me who's playing the same game and find a way to communicate with them and say, here, I'm paying you. Help me. Right. Um, Even if I don't have any money of my own with me or any way to access my own funds that presumably would be locked back in the States in this mystery scenario we're talking about here. Exactly. That would actually be really interesting to see. Ah, be so cool. Um, Also terrifying. Yeah. You know. Very terrifying. Uh, concerning, certainly. Yeah, especially it's scary if your account, to accept. Because if your account gets hacked, what if? Yeah, what happens if if all of my savings like are just taken by someone? I just wake up and like it's like, well, guess what? Your bank account now has zero dollars and all the money you ever had. It's like bank fraud, but you know, logging into yeah. Well, one of the things you can do, uh, in or one of the things that I suppose I could do, if this currency were this valuable, um, I could donate all of this money to my guild's bank and then your only... credit union you mean effectively yeah oh guild, my guild banks could God. become credit unions and you'd have oh, i mean because you can already put limits like withdrawal limits on guild bank accounts and so if assuming you have somebody who's in charge of like okay who has contributed how much and what is it authorized to go to is this a savings account or is this a checking account or is this like a donation um, you could theoretically use that as a way to keep the gold safe and locked so that if someone hacked your account, they'd only have access to whatever's on your character rather than all of your funds. Oh my god, that's amazing and ridiculous and amazing. That's the, There's like security built into it to prevent fraud and theft and a comprehensive system for lending and, and trading money. Well, it's not comprehensive yet. It could be made comprehensive. Right. But... Oh, man. So, hypothetically, if this evolves, would I be able to go to a guild bank to get a mortgage on my house? Potentially. (laughs) It would be a heck of an evolution. (laughs) You'd have to really do it. But, technically, yeah. I mean, I have guild mates who think 
nothing of dropping five million gold on mounts, novelty items, pets, five, toys. Five million gold. Try to can you can you give us like a loose dollar translation? Well, um, my character has about a hundred thousand. Okay, um, and I am. I am just about at the point right now where I could afford to buy 15 months or 15 dollars worth so a month worth of game time. I see. So like so 100,000 credits. 100 100,000 gold roughly one month's credit. Right. Um on my server right now. And so 1 1 million gold would be like would be 10 times that. Would be like would 100, be $150 roughly. And you said 5, five million gold like it's nothing. Oh my god. That's like it's hundreds of dollars. People in, people in World of Warcraft who actually play the auction house really well amass filthy fortunes. Yeah. I, I do not play that part of the game. I, as in the real world, I'm less interested in financial wealth and security and more interested in capability and narrative. So, That's... you know, I go out, I do quests, I go out, I seek adventure. So what, I if, don't... what if that could become your job? What if all you had to do to support yourself would be to go out and do quests and get gold and you could potentially live off of that? Don't so like tempt me. <laughs> like, Don't like tempt me. That beautiful strange... That beautiful nebulous future that I wish was real. <laughs> yeah, where you could just play video games and potentially amass in-game currency which would act as a universally tran- translatable currency that you could potentially survive let's on. Let's go live in the Oasis. Yeah, Malcolm. let's go live in the Oasis. Yes. Oh, man. Ready player one, here we go. Or here we come. Can't wait. And the real world will die. Yeah, and then the real world will die. But we'll uh, just ignore it. We'll just plug it into our uh-huh. give up machines. And yeah. that's all we'll all I'll need is my give up machine. And the telecom companies will still be evil. And they will own us all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Yeah. Probably. They will continue to own us That's all. The thing. Let, let's just not let them go into the virtual world. Right, we'll they have to stay. O- only the consumers will go in. Nobody else will. So there won't be a market for anything Anarchy. ever. Yeah, Anarchy. But then those consumers would still probably make a market. Yeah, and sell and yeah. money and and or like and just the trading of goods. Mike it doesn't have to be evil. What if I just want to trade something with? It'll someone? develop into. <laughs> industries yeah maybe but what if it's just because i want to trade so you're awfully optimistic yeah no i'm I'm just trying to play devil's advocate there is certainly it's the same reason why like this is dangerous if if left unchecked or without a proper regulating body because people will definitely try to take advantage of the system or lack thereof so yes and that's that's one of the things that concerns me about this announcement is like if you gamify the creation of bitcoin and then market it as just a game that can be played and don't tell the players what they're <sighs> doing, you are blatantly taking advantage of your customer base to generate revenue for you in ways that they don't understand in return. And they're, you're making them pay you to generate currency for you for and not returning to them in any way. Right, but like, okay, so what if, it, but what if it's marketed? It's like, hey, guess what? You can, uh, you can play this game. And as an added bonus of playing this game, like you get currency that you can easily translate into real world currency. So if they're paying me to play, yeah, or you keep your currency that you earn. Suddenly, I have a lot less problem with it. Oh yeah, I was thinking this was going to be, you know, we like the the, the oh. gamers play 
and the developers cash in. And we might it's the the X it's the plot for XCOM one. Where they're I don't u- actually know the plot for XCOM oh, one. Well yeah. So in XCOM one they end up using uh the aliens like jack into your brain and use your ability to run a bunch of situations, i.e. uh or excuse me. Oh, yeah, i.e. all okay. of the scenarios from XCOM one and use it to fight against your allies. Technically that's not one. Oh, is that's that XCOM right, One was made in the nineties? Oh, excuse me, much yeah. older game. Bart, sorry, yeah, I think that's the first one. Enemy UFO unknown, yeah. enemy unknown, one. and enemy within. Yeah, so enemy. If it's as if like it, yeah. So an enemy unknown. That one, uh, that specific one of like, oh, we stole uh, your work or the things you did in that virtual world, and we're profiting off of it. Which, yes, that would be actually just a, 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 uh, exploitation, but. If they allowed you to keep the currency and, like, you had to pay a little bit of tax on top of that for using the platform, that would be much more reasonable. Hmm. And potentially... if your tax was, say, the amount that you paid to get access to the game. Right. Or what if we... Because, like, you can already see the executives and the, the publishers drooling because... Think about it. If the the current system of video games is seeking to create games as a service, what better way to do that than to create a world in which people don't just play video games, the video games become a part of their life that interacts directly with their lives. That would be the ultimate games as a service. You could make so much money. It's not as a service. It's as life. Yes. That would be the game as employment, which... I mean, what the the business model that occurs to me here is you make them pay for the game itself. Right. You charge them a monthly subscription fee right. for continuous use of the, presumably the company's computational facilities. Right. And then they get to keep whatever Bitcoin they generate. So the more they play the game and generate Bitcoin, yeah, the more likely they are to make a stable living off right. of it, so assuming you they can generate enough. But the so, and then the 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 company that runs all of this gets a a ton of money off of everyone's work. It is a license to print money, and we're back even Ooh. even under that model. It is still a, a an ethical concern. Absolutely, because um, cor- certain corporations who ran these types of things would have like. All the power in the world. We'd be looking at a Wayland Utani situation. We're like Disney. Dis. Well, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> Disney does own everything. Well, seventy percent of media properties, right? Technically, a lot. technically not a monopoly yet, according to the United States government. Okay. What's what's the percentage on that? I I, I think it's like seventy, but I'd have to make sure. <laughs> See so how they're much. like teetering on the edge. They're like, or yeah, they're right, they're right there. And they're like, ah, it's not. Just We're yet. not totally a it's monopoly, just, it, guys. It's it's kind of weird to me that it isn't fifty percent because as soon as you have a majority hold on a single commodity. industry, oh, it's still me. not a monopoly. Uh, right, but oh, okay, I got you. So I feel the, like it should be <laughs> the uh, okay. So with a combined domestic box office market share of nearly 28%, 29% if you include Fox Searchlight, since 1995, Disney, including 20th Century Fox, will be larger than its closest competitors, Warner Brothers and Sony. Okay. Uh, so, I, yeah, sorry. It's a lot less. So Disney yeah. is, so Walt Disney Studios owns, and this is specifically the, uh, from uh, Statiska uh, for figures from the 2018 
rate box offices. So these are for for film for domestic films, but sixteen uh, percent owned by Disney, fifteen by AT, or by AT and T. Sony owns twelve. Twentieth century, twenty first century Fox owns eleven point five six. Comcast owns eleven point four five, and Viacom owns ten point six nine. So it yeah. God, Disney would own a lot. Well, they'll get there eventually. And yeah. once they hit the 50% mark, they'll resurrect Walt himself to finish the job. Right. <laughs> Walt yep. Disney will arise Mr. from his grave. Cryogenically frozen. That's right. <laughs> He'll come back. And he w- there will be a reckoning. I'm telling you, they just shot him into Cuba and stored him there until he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this is starting to sound like the last couple of levels of, of the... Uh, the most recent XCOM game where, you know, yeah, it is. you're fighting the risen avatar. And, and yeah, it's all, man, bust out your tinfoil hats and get ready for a conspiracy because we're talking about synergy and bitcoins and blockchains and shady super companies. And the and resurrection, resurrection of Walt, Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and the resurrection it's, of it's Walt It's Mr. Disney. House from New Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, what <laughs> that's actually what's going to happen inevitably. It's your corpse in a jar, but still living somewhat. Right, and he's like, Controlling I, everything. I own everything. Uh, can't wait. Yeah, plugging up into my give up machine is going to be what I look forward to at the end of every day. Uh, just being able to sit down, relax, and escape fully into a universe that doesn't exist. And lets me make money. Yeah, and lets me make money. Or at that point, me, lets me manufacture bitcoins yeah. specifically. The like only that, how do you gamify that well enough that you would want to spend all day doing it? That's a great question, and we'll have to find out from the forum. I don't. I honestly do not know how they're going to do it. But we, who knows? They might come up with something. A real fun way to make money. I'm not sure if I want them to succeed or if uh, I desperately hope they fail. Exactly. It's that. It's that thing of like, oh man, if they do, it'd be really fun. But if they do, I might end up yeah. losing myself. I mean, all they have to sell, and this is going to be... I don't even really want to say it. They, say just, it. they just have to sell... Do it, Mike. They have to sell the fact that you don't want to live your real life. <laughs> or that the, the life you could live is better. And so, exactly. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yes, it is. But, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's... I mean, our one of one of the that message. Yes. Just one of the most fundamental sci-fi concepts <laughs> here that, it yes, comes yeah the the virtual world will overtake our own and <laughs> we won't be able to how do you know we aren't already in the virtual world comprehend Mike. the difference i feel like this happens every time sort of new technologies exactly people like, i and it's the same reason i think like i think it is i don't think it's gonna go as far as people think I don't think not right now not right now even so I don't think we'll hit like that like you know oasis levels of like that I I always I don't know I don't think it'll be like that or there's no way to predict the way in which the technology will evolve so we don't know for sure that's true but if we've been if we've been kind of pining for it for our entire existence yeah (laughs) I mean the fact I mean I've been pining for a flying authors and and give it just Give it a decade or four. Sure. Writers have been talking about this for so long because so many people share the idea and are afraid of this happening. But also secretly longing. Yeah, 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 yes. But also (laughs) also desiring of it, which is why it's so scary. I don't think so many people would be so afraid of it if it it wasn't pretty pertinent. All right. Well, we'll see. I'll (laughs) see you guys in the Oasis. Yeah. and I'll see you in a very specific yeah. corner of the Oasis. Yeah, I'll thank see, you very much. See you there too. No, and like that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, that's what's going to happen to this show. It's just going to be translated into 
Uh, it'll just be a, gun, a bunch of guys sitting around a table in VR, where who while in the virtual world we're sitting around a table as our avatars talking yeah. into a recording software. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! What? Yeah, it's like that. Have you seen that Facebook thing? The thing Mark Zuckerberg did. Oh, that's did? right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg did like the the Facebook VR. I don't know if yeah. you guys know who that is. We had a VR meeting. <laughs> a, a VR meeting in front of um uh the uh the hurricane. Yeah, the the the, 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 the hurricane that hit no, the hurricane that hit Puerto Rico. Um yes. Oh, wow, yes. that sounds The like hurricane that hit tasteless. Puerto Rico. Yes. And so it was it was like a camera crew moving <laughs> around Puerto Rico and Mark Zuckerberg is just like this this Facebook avatar floating around the the destruction of Puerto Rico, just yeah, being like, no. so th- this is this is Puerto Rico. This is, and here we are in Facebook VR. It it was surreal. Yes, it is. It was surreal. Like, it, it is. You guys don't think this is real? No, it, that yeah. proves it. That that is pure dystopia. Just watching that video, <laughs> the purest dystopia. You watch it, pure. And you, you see that this this is. Real. Would you People almost call it this. the ultimate despair dystopia? Yes. Oh, it's just, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just somebody <laughs> such and a I disconnect the despair from reality. cubes were bad. Yeah, but but no, just, this yeah. is worse. This is a despair, like, universe. It's the world killers. <laughs> the world killers. <laughs> Those are the world enders. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, what did it... Yeah, it was absolutely insane. Uh, but, yeah, that's... So... We are hitting around the close, and I think that that's enough existential dread for today. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for j- tuning in to this horrifying <laughs> show. We really do appreciate uh, you guys listening in. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, thank you. Feel free to like or do whatever it is you can do on SoundCloud to the video to show your appreciation for it. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, and we, I don't know. Uh, if you want to get in contact with with me or you want to suggest anything for the show, um, like do it through Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at a pixel hunt. And I actually received a tweet from someone that was asking about a subject that we could potentially do. And I was going to bring Excellent. it up. Excellent. Yeah. So we may be looking into uh, spoilers for next week. Uh, something perhaps having to do with Harry Potter. Maybe we'll see. Um, Ooh, we have we have two pretty big fans here. We do. And so, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, thank, oh, yeah. thank you to whoever, uh, who, thank you. Oh, hold on. No, I will, I won't say their name. But thank you to the fan who suggested that through Twitter. We really do appreciate your uh, input, and we'd be happy to, I don't know, yeah, to move along with it. And if anybody else wants to hear something or is specifically interested in a topic, please contact us. We want to try to provide stuff that's interesting to you. We have a lot of fun here, as you can probably tell, talking about despair. Uh, and we only hope that you do too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, do you guys have anything final to say to people? In, uh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to try and do something quippy and witty, but my... The despair is too big. Despair, it's, it's gripping um, around my heart. It's uh, freezing the words in my chest. Great despair comes great hope to overcome said despair. Oh, That's yeah. right. Uh, You're playing the, too much dang and rum. Yeah, yeah. Be the hope you want to see in the like world and make you become a stepping stone for hope. That is not true, Jim. You take that back. Um, I will die on this hill. (laughs) Uh, But yes, thank you, everybody. We really do appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.